In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. And the word became flesh and lived among us. We read the first verses of the Gospel of John several times during Christmastide. John does not tell us anything about mangers and swaddling clothes or shepherds and astrologers come to visit a baby. Those are stories set in time in the human perspective of Jewish people living under the Romans. John starts from eternity, from God's perspective. In the simplest words, yet the most mysterious, John tries to convey to us what words can hardly convey at all, who God is and what God is doing in Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John starts with the beginning and at the beginning there was God and the word. Scripture uses many terms for that second person whom John names the word, God's son, God's wisdom, God's image, the perfect impress of God's own being. No language, not even God's own words in scripture can perfectly capture and render God's self. God is boundless and exceeds the measure of any created thing, of any human or indeed of any angel. Before God, before that majesty, endless power, infinite subtlety, all words stagger and are too small or do not fit. John does not pile up words. He simply tells us that the person who shared God's being from before creation, who was with God and who is God, is the person who came among us under the human name of Jesus. That is a crucial clue to God's purpose. Contrary to what Tom Jefferson and Ben Franklin and Tom Paine thought, it wasn't just another human person, however good and just, who came as Jesus. You were into things as esoteric, as many people were in John's day. It wasn't even a heavenly spiritual power or cosmic force who came as Jesus. It is the word or wisdom or the eternal son of God, the second person of the Trinity, who is utterly God infinitely God, unspeakably God, incomprehensibly God, who came. It is God who in our midst, who is in our midst as Jesus. Jesus did not come to get us to give him our vote, or to admire him, or to see him as one more failed revolutionary. He came as God, and we come to worship in that deepest and most radical of revolutions. All things came into being through him and without him was not, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. We cannot grasp God and yet God is so close to us. It is not just that God created us and then let us go a long time ago. The very light of heart and mind that makes us living beings is a share in the word, a reflection, a participation in God. Scientists and mathematicians spend the whole power of their minds to understand the fabric of reality, to grasp a bit of the pattern. They reach toward the power of the word 
by the power, they reach toward the word by the power of the word, though only some of them know how it is that they do what they do. The artist's heart catches something of power and depth and beauty and struggles with it in paint or stone or poetry. As she does so, she moves with the word. A mother or father's wisdom and care to bring up a child carefully and wisely in love and truth shares in the word who is wisdom. A child who sees another child being treated unfairly and who knows it is wrong and who tries to help, that child's conscience is in tune with the word. God is so close, as close as our next thought, our next act of love, our next breath, and yet, he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. Some of us just don't add up the hints. We live in what John calls darkness, a kind of hostile refusal to see and turn to the source of light shining all around us and in us. Christmas then becomes a thing of a thousand catalogs in the mail and heavy traffic in the streets of alcohol and chocolate and new sweaters and gilt angels hanging from the ceiling of Macy's. Yet in it and through it all, in every moment of heart's ease and of true gladness, of every kind thought and generous act, the light shines. Yet one may live on the edges on the margins of God's reality, and so easily avoid the source and center. We were made to know God by the person who is eternally God's own knowledge. We were made to see and to be lit up by God's light, by the person who is God's eternal light. And that is the invitation. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God. This is why Jesus came, so that we, you and I, could share by what St. Paul calls adoption and grace, the relationship that the Son has always had and always will have with the Father. It means being brought consciously into a real, living, life-giving, mind-transforming, heart-changing relationship with the one who is God. Scientists seek the word implicitly, but no science ever offers this. Artists paint beautiful things, but no artist can make beauty live in my innermost being. Mothers and fathers can be wise, but they cannot make their children live forever with an eternal father. It is not theirs to give. Children can run gladly into a world that is all new to them, but they cannot renew the world that grows old around them. We can leave behind personal racial prejudice, but reshaping our society to make things truly fair for all is another matter. But Jesus comes with a gift, the power to become the children of God, to become what mind never thought and heart never yearned for, for it was too good and too great. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, 
full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word made flesh. God become human and one of us. Jesus can speak and guide us. He can touch and heal us. He can suffer with us and through his suffering, bring us to God and thus to joy. He can share our guilt for the wrong we do to God and each other and blot out that guilt forever. He can die and because he is life itself and yet one of us, death can die and we can live forever. We can receive him here spiritually as we see on our screens the outward appearance of bread and wine. We can receive the word made flesh and be made part of his body. We can know wherever we are and whatever happens that we have God who is as close to us or even closer than our own flesh and that he cares for us and will never ever leave us. We can see the girls and boys women and men around us as God's children like us, sharing God's infinite dignity and worth and learn to love and respect and delight in them and in ourselves. For in Jesus, we begin to share that same beauty. This is what the shepherds came to see. This is what the angels sang about. This is what the Magi traveled so far to adore. This is what Mary treasured up in her heart. The word became flesh and lived among us. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Amen. <laughs>